Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! It's Monday, and I got about that much enthusiasm for it. I'm not ready for this, man. Really? I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be honest. This weekend went faster than any weekend in the history of mankind, at least for me. Hey, it was nice. How nice was Gorgeous it? Gorgeous out. I mean, it, it, it fooled me into thinking I was not in the state of Ohio nice. Uh, especially on June 3rd. Yeah. It was that nice. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. My man Anthony said five words all morning during pre-production. He's he tired. Hurt. It's Monday. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the Monday blahs are real, man. Especially when it's nice out, and you're coming off a nice weekend. Yeah. You want to continue that role. You want to yeah. stay outside. Yeah. And man, that's a vintage Ice Cube. No Vaseline look, today, baby. Listen. All right. He's all ready right. to keep him. Listen. No one knew. That. See, here's the thing. Yeah. I met Jay, and no one knows he is a gangster rap connoisseur yep. like like for real for real like so much so that like him like this is a great thing him and his wife had a discussion <laughs> like, I don't oh, know how I feel times. about that many times <laughs> that and and that's my dude I, I do some big three work with with ice cube oh yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, by the way I'm surprised that league hasn't just Exploded even more than it has. Me too. I think it'll I mean, take off though. They they got it's three on three Olympics. It is. It's awesome. That's it's, crazy. It's fun. It's it's playground esque. Yeah. It's it's a great league, and yeah. uh, he's super committed to it. And I'd like to see it just balloon and take off. I did the draft a couple years. Other years I couldn't because I had obligations. Um, in fact, when I came here, I wanted to keep doing the draft because mm. it was so much fun. Yeah. They do it in Vegas. It's 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 a it's a party, and um, unfortunately, I couldn't do it. I had just work conflicts, but uh, man, that caught my eye. I haven't seen that pick in a while. We'll have to get you one. All right, that's that's I that's dope. You. As they say, <laughs> on the streets. you swallow though. What you a large? Uh, yeah, you better go large. <laughs> I'm I'm large in some places and, and medium. Pause. And Wait a minute. Super, <laughs> super pause. Did you set that up, Earl? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> hey, we wilding early. Early, early, McNabb. Better get the energy up. Hey, uh, the empty chairs for Boogie Roberts. He's going to join us uh, in just a little bit after we pivot from baseball. Busy show, game two. McNuggets, mm. now, I know you want to take credit for mm. saying that they've got to get Kevin Love involved, mm. but in the same breath, you said, it's not going to work, but that's what they have to do. Yeah, I was... I was right in the thinking of what they had to do. I was right. wrong in the execution. And also, as well as Love played yesterday, he was a plus 18. I know. The reason Miami won is they went supernova from three. They did. Like, let's, uh, let, let's not pretend that Kevin Love slowed well, down. Well, no, there's, the a, there's another but. reason for it. And I'll tell you what it is when we get around to talking about it. There is another very distinct reason why Miami won. And leave it to Spolstra and Riley. That is the best brain trust in the NBA. They figured it out. Now, I don't know if they can duplicate it because now it's the adjustment to the adjustment that we have to watch in game three. But what Miami did is the blueprint for how, if you have the personnel, how you can stop them. Question is, can they do it four times? I still think no. But what we saw last night, it was the kind of the perfect storm. Man. They got shooting. They're going to need that. That's going to have to be part of their recipe. But 
They made one very major turn of the screwdriver that I thought led to their game two win. Um, Guardians got a split. Now, under normal circumstances, we're like, eh, no, no, no blood, no foul, no big deal. This split may have been the most important mm-hmm. split they've had in years. Season, sa- season saving. Right I'm here. going to tell you why I think it is season saving. I'm not saying they're going to turn it around, but I'm telling you it could have gone south had they lost yesterday and Saturday and been swept in four it would have been by bad. the Twins. It would have been over. I think Bieber's on the block this morning. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not on the block, but I'm saying he's given everybody second thoughts, particularly the way Tristan McKenzie pitched. We'll get into that. Also, um, I'm not completely sure where you guys are on Donovan Mitchell and his seemingly ongoing love fest with New York. I know that's where he's from. But there was another piece of evidence onto the pile that he wants to play in New York, and now he's going public with it. Yeah. Um, he didn't actually say that, but he's, he's dropping breadcrumbs all over. And if you can read trails, this trail seems to go from Cleveland to New York. We'll talk about that. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, but first... I think we absolutely have to start with what the Guardians did yesterday. Tristan McKenzie, first start of the season, coming off the DL where he had the bad shoulder, and that came on about midway through spring training. And at the time, we thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is a two-month thing. Where will they be on June 1st? We talked about it on the show. I I expected, you asked me, point blank. Mm -hmm. I said, I think they'll be 500 when he comes back. Now, they were significantly under 500. I think right now they're five games under 500. Yeah. Um, However... Uh, I, I still think they're in the hunt because of what the Twins have done. McKenzie went five innings, struck out 10 hitters. So two out of every three of his outs were strikeouts. He allowed one hit, walked a guy, looked electric, had Tristan McKenzie stuck with a very rested and healthy uh, right arm. And that's, that certainly bodes well for the Guardians moving forward. What do you make of the split? What do you make of McKenzie's effort? Man, a split was huge. We, we talked about it. They were, I think they were, the, the uh, Guardians were like seven games under 500. And you go into a set with the, with the uh, Minnesota Twins, right? And if you lose those games, those games are essentially worth two. And I think uh, in the broadcast, I think that the Twins um, announcer or broadcaster was saying that pretty much throughout the season, these two teams have been equally matched. They, they match up very equally against each other. And so what you wanted to do is you needed to come with at least a split, at least a split when you talk about what they were doing. Now, there's a couple of things that I was really impressed by. The fact that you bring Tristan McKenzie out and you think about it, this is your first outing. It could be a lot of things happening. You could get hit around. You could lose, you know, you could not have the velocity you had. But the thing I was so encouraged by was the fact that his command was off the charts. Yeah. It just seemed like he was he was hitting all the spots. He never gave him anything really good to hit. He mixed it up. Uh, the velocity was still there. And, and by the way, just the confidence level, right? Like, he, I think he felt like he knew the team was reeling a little bit. I, th- I think he felt the fact that, you know, I don't know how much run support I'm going to get, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to come out here and give him a little swag. And, and they talked to him about it before. He said how energized he was to be back in a dugout and get the feeling and camaraderie with the guys. So when you come out your first outing, five innings, 10 strikeouts, now all of a sudden you start to see what the Guardians could look like when you have a, a Bieber and a McKenzie at the top of your lineup yeah. and some of the young guys fill in and now you're like, wow, 
I wish we would have had that guy in the beginning part of the season because I think if they would, he showed just how good he was in that outing, but he showed you what the Guardians could potentially have looked like. And I don't think if he's pitching, I don't think they're, they're you know, five games out. I think they're neck and neck or even in first place, given the fact that how well McKenzie pitched. They're three and a half out right now. Uh, if if McKenzie had been on the bump for the first two months, they're in first place. Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. simple. He is their ace. And I know that we've kind of whispered that and we've hinted around that for the last maybe year and a half. Yep. But when I first saw him kind of overcome his early rookie jitters, and you just look at the stuff, his electric exploding fastball that sometimes cuts into righties, his devastating curveball that if you're sitting on a fastball, you have 0% chance of going to get, especially when he starts it for a strike and it finishes outside. He is now the Guardians ace. I think it's official that the passing of the baton from Shane Bieber has happened to Tristan McKenzie. So I think if they have him for, for the first two months, that's eight starts. Yep. You're going to tell me that they're not, that's not the difference in four games. I think it absolutely is. And I think they're in first place. I think what Jay just said was a great setup. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I'm 35. I remember Bartolo Colon. Yeah. You know, I've seen Cliff Lee. I've seen CC Sabathia. I've seen Corey Kluber. Tristan McKenzie is next up in terms of Cleveland Guardians great aces. This is a guy who broke through last year. He finished in the top 10 in every major AL category. Yeah. 190 strikeouts. When he pitched 191 innings, ERA at 2.96, he showed that he was here. And when he had his stuff, his stuff, quote unquote, he, he can be one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. You know, you talk about the command, you talk about the attitude. Uh, one of the things I learned in management track training when I worked for the city was communication and the mass majority of that is nonverbal. His nonverbal communication showed me mm-hmm. that he was in total command, that he had the discipline, that he was confident in his rehab, that he was confident in his stuff. And I'm looking at it like, damn, if he had been here from the start of the season, you're right. We are sitting in first place. The Twins and the Guardians mirror each other, right? They do. They're very They're similar. Very similar team. If you look at the pitching stats for the Twins now, they're unprecedented. We don't see Minnesota starting pitching, pitching the way that they do. And they, and, I, and I allege it's not going to hold. I agree with that. I, I think it's I think that uh, th- they've arrived. They're better than what they've been in the years past. But I just think that they're doing it with a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And I think that the Guardians pitching staff is one I trust more long term. Absolutely. And that's obviously with Plezak now designated for assignment. You get rid of that. That he's been a problem. He's been their weak link all year. Um, who knows what's coming next for Cal Quantrill? You know mm-hmm. they've got the, the the injury that gives them time with him. But as I look at the state of the Guardians today, mm-hmm. I think that their starting rotation is in in no order. I think McKenzie is he has better stuff right now. I still think Bieber is the veteran. I trust him more in a playoff game. I think it's Bieber and McKenzie is one and one A. And after that, I think the kids have arrived. I think Tanner Bybee is exactly who we had hoped he would be. He showed that on Saturday. And I I, I think Logan Allen is Mm -hmm. also the guy that we had hoped he would Mm -hmm. be. So now you've got four entrenched starters. If Aaron Savali, who looked good in his comeback, if Aaron Savali can return to the form he showed two years ago that is a formidable starting five that's you know I'm not going to say it's the best starting five in baseball it's not 
it's in the conversation for top five. And if you can pitch like that, you always have a chance. You know, in the playoffs, you're going to have to hit home runs. We saw that last year. But I think if you can get those five into a rhythm and a rotation, this division is theirs for the taking. Jay, let me ask you this question. Usually, generally speaking, if you're if you are out of contention and you don't think that you can win a World Series or go deep in the playoffs, you usually trade a player, right? right. Or usually a pitcher or somebody who sure. needs, a, you know, bat or whatever the case may be. Do you see or can you foresee a situation in which they have enough confidence in some of the young guys and they feel like if we do, we're still in contention and we still get rid of and trade Bieber yeah. because we feel we have enough to compete? Do you mm. think that they can trade Bieber even though they're not out of it and they think they can still go further? Is that an option on the table even though it's a little unorthodox? I, I, I think yes, I think you're right. I think everything's on the table, and here's why. On Friday, I pretty definitively said they're not going to win the World Series, not with this team. Right. And I still stand by that. I right. mean, they aren't just power starved. It's almost a drought. Yeah. And when they hit a home run now, it's eye-popping. You don't expect it. Um, I do think, though, that you're starting to see <laughs> real signs of life in the offense, and, and not just sparks here and there. There's fires here all over the place. Will Brennan. Will Brennan with the home run plan. on Saturday, the big home run. Yeah. So I think what you're seeing here is a Guardians team mm -hmm. that's asking the exact same questions we are. What the hell are we going to do? And I think that their, their best friend now is they do have time. There's eight weeks before the trade deadline hits. So you can sit back. You can let the team determine the path. If the team goes 17 and 21, and by the way, I do think that the, that's possible. With their schedule and this team, it's possible to rip off, you know, a 17 out of 21 or whatever run. Suddenly, if you do that, you've got a six or a seven game lead. When you look at your record and compare it to everybody else in baseball, it's not the huge gap that you currently see. So mm -hmm. I, I hope they're patient. I hope they're talking to people because if it does prove that this is just wheel spinning in the mud, then you can pull the trigger and make the best team or the best trade for the team when you move Bieber in July. And just to piggyback off of what Jay just said, if I'm Chris Antonetti, I woke up this morning pretty damn confident in what I have in Tristan McKenzie, pretty confident that he's going to be able to move forward. So if I thought about moving Shane Bieber, okay, yeah, I'm more confident in moving him, knowing that I do have a true ace. Right. But in the same breath and in the same token, if the Guardians can turn this thing around offensively and become more consistent hitting and scoring runs, now I got Bieber and I got McKenzie. Yeah. And I trust that more moving forward than I do the younger guys as we get closer to playoff time. You see what I'm saying? I second that. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what Allen's going to be in a postseason game. We don't know what Tanner Bybee's going to be. Look, there are instances where rookies step onto that stage and are up to the moment. True. Historically, they are not. It just don't happen. It doesn't happen. So the way I look at it, you're, you're definitely going to be patient here. But you're right. With McKenzie, if McKenzie had come out, went three and two-thirds, gave up five runs, and maybe talked about some shoulder tightness at the, at, after the game, mm -hmm. and that's still a possibility and start two, three, four, five, whatever, then I would really be... I, like right now, my meter's kind of in the middle. Right. But with each series, you tend to watch it go one way or the other. Like I said, if they if they rip off eight of ten, 
you're probably a game out of first place, maybe even depending on the Twins play in first place at that time. Mm -hmm. I don't think the optics are going to be favorable for a trade if the Guardians are in first place when they move Shane Bieber. Yeah. Explain that to your your, (laughs) your starved fan base. Because to Jay's point, I don't think the Minnesota Twins starting pitching and and how they've pitched to start the season, I just don't think that's going to hold. Because that's not who they are. No, you know, I agree. At the end of the day, who you really are, it shows itself. That's not them. This is who we are. That's why it's 162. Yeah, and you this know, is... sometimes we make snap judgments off 60 or 90 exactly. or even 120 games. It's a marathon for a reason. It's a battle of attrition. The Guardians are in the position they're in for one reason. Their depth in their minor leagues in pitching. So when you have a please act completely explode, and you have a Cal Quantrill who's nowhere near the guy he was last year. You just pick up the phone. You call Columbus and you say, Tanner, come on up. Let's go. You pick up the phone. Logan Allen, we need you. Most teams don't have that luxury. Most teams are bringing up guys that clearly aren't major league ready. And then they lose those games. Well, because they've got such depth in the pitching rotation, they're able to make the call to the bullpen, so to speak, and stay alive. So... I I think Tristan McKenzie made it very difficult on the Guardians management, and I think that's a problem that they're welcome to to have. But again, I don't think you trade a Cy Young pitcher with a lot of postseason experience when you're in first place. Yeah, that's kind of hard to do. It's kind of hard to sell to not only your fan base, it's kind of hard to sell to the the clubhouse. You can't. Like good point, it, you know, like how does that Don't tell Jose Ramirez right. we're moving on just exactly Bieber. now. There's one guy I wouldn't mind him moving on is Ahmed Rosario. Now listen, when, <laughs> when can we get him up out of here? Like I'm just saying, bro, I, I know you, your loyalty though. I, I mean, they got they got uh, Arias playing every position. He's a DH first baseman right field. I'm like, look, can we get him a look at shortstop at his natural position? Because he cannot be playing worse. Uh, he can't do worse than what Rosario Mario was doing, and he's still getting two hole. He, he, he's batting in the two hole. He batted him in the two hole pretty much the whole first half of the season. I'm like, I don't get it, man. Like, what is it he sees? Listen, well, I don't, I don't get it either. Uh, I think his trade value is down significantly from where it was last year. He had a terrific season last season. Yeah, he did. I, I'm still not ready to give up on him. I'm not. I know Tito loves him in the clubhouse. He loves his presence on that team. He's just hoping and praying that we're going to see the 2022. Right. Wish it on a dream. You, well, educate, you educate me on this one, okay? When I look at the, the Guardians pitching rotation, their farm system, the whole nine, it reminds me of how Ohio State rolls out corners and wide receivers exactly year right. in and year out. Yeah. So if I trust that this farm system is going to stay in place, why not dig into that farm system and trade some of those, those assets to get some power now? Well, Why does it have to necessarily be Shane Bieber that has to go? I think, well, Bieber's obviously coming up on a free agency year, not, not next year, but the year after. So they have control of him for a year and a half. So the dilemma that they're in, do they, it, it was the same thing that they, they, they've been in this dilemma a hundred times mm-hmm. since the 90s. They, they breed stars to trade them because they can't afford to sign them to second contracts. And I know this has been a long-running de- de- debate you know, you've got to you've got to start doing that. If they'd assigned if they'd have signed Frankie Lindor, it would have been an absolute abject failure disaster. 
a, a small market team can't afford a $30 million, $40 million a year player. They just can't. And the way the Guardians have done it, I know they haven't won the ultimate prize, but they're, they're in the hunt a lot. And, and that's what you have to ask for. So Bieber is either going to walk at the end of the 24 season, or they're going to trade him before that to get something for him. The later you get towards his control, the less you're going to get for him. This sounds, sounds an awful lot like Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk about that later, right? <laughs> yeah, that, it, there are some similarities. So what do you do? Do you trade him now and get a haul? Or do you roll the dice and keep him in the fold for another September-October push to see what happens? Because to, the, the, to give yourself a chance. Because I will say this. I do think they could get some nice prospects for them, for, for Bieber. But I don't think they're going to get anybody that's going to help them this year because you're going to trade him to a contender. Yeah, right. A contender's not going to give up a meaningful bat unless it's the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have so many bats and so many stars in their farm system. They might be able to afford to do it. So that might be a prospective landing spot this year. But it's just like Frankie. They traded him before the start of the last season of his control. So the Mets knew they were going to have him for a full season. Mm -hmm. In Bieber's case, you're telling a contender, we're giving you two shots. So we want more in return. Mm -hmm. Now, again, the day they do it, their chances of winning a World Series, which aren't great right now, are going to go down dramatically, in my view. McNuggets, you got a question? Yeah, it's about Bieber and potentially trading him while they're in first place. You said on Friday, and I think we've, we've all touched on this in the past, even if they're in first place in this division, doesn't necessarily make them legitimate World Series contenders. It doesn't. And although it may be extremely difficult to the fan base and the rest of the guys in the clubhouse to say, hey, we're in first place, but we're going to ship away our perceived ace. I'm not sure this team, as currently constructed, is a World Series contender. So I'd say right now they're not. They're not. And I, I think anyone who says they are is However, th it's baseball. And I'll remind and you could happen. that the Braves in 21, were under 500. the Braves at August 10th were under 500. Yet they were they went all in at the deadline. They had a, Their best player was hurt. They were without Acuna. Yeah, it was out. So and, I, I guess but my they question, won the World Series. So I... I, it's easy to sit here and say the Guardians are not going to win the World Series, but I can't guarantee that, and neither can anyone else. Didn't the Washington Nationals have like one of the worst records in baseball at the All-Star break a couple years Same ago? Same thing. They and won they the get, World they, Series. They catch fire. And this, by the way, was after they had moved from their, cornerstone, their, their cornerstone stars were Steven Strasburg and, 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 um, Bryce, Harper, right? and Bryce Harper. Yeah. And – once they move off those guys, the, the, the general thought is, oh, they're, they're restocking. They're reloading. And they go on and they win a World Series. So it's baseball. The best team doesn't always win. We know that. You know, in basketball, this what we're seeing right now in the NBA, we've never seen before and will likely never see again. There is an eight seed that currently is sitting in control of their own destiny mm -hmm. if they win their home games to win the NBA championship. That's never happened. Yeah. And we, many thought it never could or would happen. Trace. Not only were they an eight seed, they were seconds from being eliminated from even making the playoffs. Man, it just goes to show you, man, coaching, coaching, like I, I know people diminish that. Coaching matters, man. Like the way you go about doing your business and your philosophy and your scouting departments and, and finding gyms and stuff like that, that counts, man. Like, you know, not to pivot to the NBA, we're not really getting there, but, 
you know, they're, got, they're playing with undrafted guys. These guys are... You look at their I, roster, you would... It's crazy. It, you would expect that they would Martin, be a team on the bubble of making the playoffs. Vincent, uh, you, you, you got Struess. They got... Kevin all, Love. Kevin Love. We he, just kicked him to the curb. Oh, by the way, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a clip of... Uh, I think Duncan Robinson we'll is, play it. Don't worry. is talking about <laughs> how what the what the hell was the Cavs thinking when they gave up gave this guy to us? We all sat here and said the same thing. This guy will give us zero help in the playoffs. It's yep. funny we talking about this. Kevin Love is playing in the finals right now with Miami. Jan Gomes was on that championship team with the Washington Nationals. <laughs> I know. You're right. I mean, so, it's happened a lot where Cleveland retreads go somewhere but, else. And- but just a, a couple things that I had on my mind when it came to Tristan McKenzie, Jay. I really love this kid. I really think that oh, I do too. He's that dude. You know, you go back to when he made his MLB debut. He had the second most strikeouts of any Cleveland Guardians player in franchise history with 10. Uh, I think it was somebody with 11 in 1964. Then you come back the next year, you set a franchise record for consecutive strikeouts in a game with eight. Yeah. You know, and then last night or yesterday afternoon, he becomes one of three Guardians pitchers to have 10 K's with 79 or fewer pitches. It's unreal. It's like he did it in five innings In five innings. I it's mean like, that extrapolates to 18 strikeouts if he had gone the distance when this dude is on his a game. It is hard to find too many pitchers in a game right now. That's better than him. I'm with you. The, the, I'm the, with you and that's the, not hyperbole. No, the only prop. The only problem is is the injuries you talked about Steven Strasburg when you got I, I you know, it's just un- unnatural. Like Nolan Ryan is a freak of nature, right? But it's just unnatural to be able to throw the ball like that when you got that much movement. The amount of torque you put on your elbow, your body, your lats, your your upper body, your traps, your whole, just your biceps, your triceps, your forearms. Like these these kids are coming out, and here, he's 160 pounds, and he and he's like soaking wet, if that, right? Yeah. I'm watching on the I'm watching on YouTube. They got guys, kids, like in high school, throwing a hundred. They got kid, one kid from Tennessee threw a hundred and five one time, and I'm like, that can't be natural. So when you look at it for the long term, you know, viability of Tristan McKenzie, all you just wonder is how, what, what can he give you? How, how you know, is his body going to betray him? Is he going to be able to come out here and throw this way for the next six years? Because here's the thing. The Guardians are dependent on when they get their little prospects to a point where they're up here, they automatically have to pr- perform because there's no help coming. There was no that like they count on pitching so much that there's no room for error when it comes to like, okay, we got our top three in our rotation is better than your top three. That's the way they're going to win games two to one three to two games. So they need guys to be available and you see the, the impact of Tristan McKenzie is not available and, and when he is available. So uh, I just hope he, he's able to stay healthy. I, I, I do too. I worry about it. Um, I, you talk about you love his stuff and and there's a lot to love there. Uh, I when he came back to the dugout mm-hmm. and just joined the team in the dugout and they talked about this on the telecast Bart and Rick did. Um, everything changes. Everything changes. I said, Bart, Matt, and, and, uh, and Manning mm-hmm. talked about this. He, he is a spark in the dugout. He's fun. Guys gravitate to him. They, 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 his teammates love him. And I really think that I I'm, I'm, keep looking for dates to circle on the calendar mm-hmm. and say, okay, this is where the Titanic started pumping water out and fixing the holes. And I think it was yesterday. 
but you can almost go back to the date he joined the team in the dugout. He's been back for a couple days in the dugout. Because even though they lost the first two games of this, of, the, of this series, there was no panic. Logan Allen went out. No, Tanner Bybee went out and pitched great Saturday. He came out and completely stopped the bleeding yesterday. They got the couple, a couple of timely hits in the seventh inning. So the bats have to fire. They have to. They cannot all be this bad after being so good last year. If they can find their form again or even come close to it, then this is a playoff team. I don't think they can win the World Series, but like we've talked about, the Braves, the Nationals, a million other examples, the best team doesn't always win the World Series. Get in and you have a chance. And that's what this team is trying to do. And I I think that Terry and I think that Antonetti and everybody in this organization is watching every game with bated breath, hoping that they see that, okay, this is the turnaround is underway and now we're going to our point on the horizon. You just struck a nerve. It's almost like Tito is operating as if he's Eric Spolster, right? He knows he knows who he is as a skipper. Sure. And I think he knows the potential of his team. Right. Just get me to the dance, and we can figure it out from there. And that's it. And that's why I was glad that you brought up coaching matters, because what we're seeing in the NBA might give the Cleveland Guardians front office pause for moving on Bieber right now. And here's why. If the Heat had traded Jimmy Butler, where are they now? They're at home. They got a lot of prospects, and they're looking towards the future. The house. But they're definitely golfing. On vacation. Yeah, they're not not coming home with now being in control of winning another NBA championship. But they trusted the process. Pat Riley trusts Eric Spolstra, and between the two of them, I think they can solve a Rubik's Cube in six seconds. They're those guys. And what we've seen them do throughout these playoffs is have their backs against the wall and look like they're on fire in the regular season, in the play-in game, in the Celtics series when they were went from up 3-1 to down 3-3 or tied 3-3 going to Boston. They've always found a way to figure it out. So if the Guardians are looking at what's going on in Miami and they trust this roster like they should, then maybe they hit pause on a Bieber trade. You can still move them at the end of the season. You can still move them next June. You don't have to move them right now. It might be the smartest play, but it's going to be a hard sell to a fan base that is starved for winning. Yeah, so so what, 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 what do they have to be? Um, I, I look at it like I'm, now I'm going to the 4th of July. Right. Um, what I, want it, them, I want them six games over 500. Six over. And that's a month to get there, which means yeah. they got to go roughly. They've got to go 24 and 6. Over 30, that would be 18 over 500. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's not, they don't even have to do that. They have to go 20 and 10. 20 and 10 and put them six over. That's my next, that's my next, uh, you know, goal post right there. I'm looking at 4th of July. Can That's you, a month from today. Can you get it even or be above? Like, you know, I would like to see them in first place if they're going to make a move. Uh, and then I like this, man. So now if you're in contention and by the 4th of July, now you could go to the front office and say, okay, well, now you can get us a bat, right? right? And, and they would be hard-pressed not to do it, given the fact that they've, they've seen what this team is about and they've called back into contention. And you're going to have to win the division um, to get into the yeah, playoffs. I don't think a wild card's coming no. from the center. No, no, it's not they're, even they're a wild card. They're all coming card. from the yeah, east, yeah. maybe one from the west, I'm not sure. But you, Gabriel Aris is a guy that has a lot to do with this team's future. He's been next up for the Guardians for a while. They're giving him consistent at-bats. 
They're giving him every opportunity to win a job. So much so, they're putting him wherever they need, need yeah. to to get regular at-bats. Yesterday, he was at first base. Not his position, not even close. P- people that are superficial fans of baseball say, first base has got to be one of the easiest positions, right? You just catch the ball when the infielder throws it to you and mm-hmm. field whatever's hit to the far right side. Couldn't be further from the truth. It's technical in the way catching is technical. Footwork matters. A lot of things matter. We saw a play yesterday, and I know that – I think it depends on which side of the fan base you sit. Royce Lewis hits a ball deep in the hole at third, an incredible throw from Ramirez, and you see what happens to Lewis at the end of the play, who, by the way, is just back, I think, this week or last. He tore his ACL last year. Mm. He's a terrific young player. The Twins love him. There were some moments watching this where you didn't know if this young man was going to get up and walk off the field. Look at this still right here. Oh, wow. His head is completely bent back. And a lot of folks online were giving Arias a lot of grief, saying that this was his fault. Some, I think, were even intimating that he did it intentionally. This was not That's absurd, play. by the way. That is completely – I did see a couple of t- – it, it wasn't the overwhelming Twins fan, but I saw a couple Twins fans that were intimating that, you know, he did this on purpose. Look, he went deep to get the throw because that's where the throw took him. The problem was his footwork was wrong. He had the wrong foot on the bag, number one. Mm-hmm. Now, that is elementary. Once they tell you you're playing first base, you have to understand that your right foot has to go on the bag. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have to come off the bag to get the ball, you do whatever you have to do to go get the ball. Yeah. And that means sacrificing the base hit. If but if he, he had his left foot on first base. If he has his – I play first base. After – so if you have the, your right foot on the bag and you have to go reach and backhand and scoop and dig that ball out, your 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 left leg is going to be outside. So your right. leg is not even in the in baseline or the path. Of the I'll give you runner. a little bit of like like just anatomy as to why this happened. He he is a right-handed player. Okay, clearly he's a shortstop by trade. This is why you can't put a right-handed first baseman on first base. All for almost all of your first basemen are lefties. When you're stretching to get a ball, I don't know if you can follow me here, but I'm going to stand up. When you're stretching to get a ball and that's your side, your your inclination is is to go like this. Mm-hmm. Your glo- you want to stretch out with your glove hand. Yeah. So you you're going to put that foot on the bag and you're going to stretch this way. I don't understand Exactly. I'm sure it was just an instinct of his, but he just puts the wrong foot on the base, and that's probably because he's right-handed. He's just he's just reaching out to catch a ball, and it was a fluke injury. It was not intentional. Uh, for those that are, I saw a lot of people say, "Well, learn how to play first base." Well, that's, that's what he's what doing. He's doing. <laughs> you know, he's got as many games at first base in the major leagues uh, as the entire audience put together. Right. You know, the, 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 we don't, we, we think we know how hard it is to play first base, but we really don't until you're in that moment. And it was just unfortunate. Luckily, he was okay. When I seen it, freak accident, freak me out. You know, you can't, you can't av- avoid human nature. You can't avoid the human aspect of things are just going to happen, right. right? Like you alluded to, he's learning how to play first base. It's a bang, bang play. He's trying to do his job. He's trying to do everything he can to get the ball to make sure his foot stays on the base to get the out. 
We all we just got finished talking about how big this game was and how every single play mattered. Sure. You know, it's a bang bang play. Both teams know they need this win. You know, these things type of things happen. I'm just glad he's okay. You know, he could have been paralyzed or worse. But thank God none of that happened. And so for people to come after him and say, well, he did this on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. He's in this baseline, but he's learning. He's learning on a job as he go. You know, Sandy Alomar, I'm pretty sure, is reviewing the tape with him today, and they're going over those techniques. Right. You know, he he's learning, Jay, like you said. I just think it's crazy that people would just automatically draw this conclusion, well, this was purposely done. Like, no malice at all. It's, yeah. It's it was, a, it's it's a, a bad, bad fluky it's play. It's a nothing burger. People just, you know, a lot of times, be honest with you, but it's a lot of times that people, and, and, and I don't believe that you got to automatically play a sport to understand a sport. But sometimes people are casual fans, and so they go to the, oh, he tried to hurt somebody level way too much. Like, yeah. it's like nobody's really trying to be, like, he, that does him no good. At what point? Why would he? I understand it was football. Why would he flip somebody going to first base? Don't yeah. make no sense. No, nothing burger. He just, he had the wrong foot on the bag. That's it. Um, and now, I will say, and, and I hate to do this because the young man was almost injured badly, but there's also... The, the the base runner has an obligation too, to his to himself to his own physical safety. He could have, and you see this a lot. He could have hit the right far far right corner of the bag, knowing that you could see when he was three steps away. This guy's in my path. Mm-hmm. Right. At that point, there's things you can do. You can run to the far right side of the bag, hit it, and veer immediately into foul territory to avoid. A collision. Now I know it's all bang bang, and but they're you know smart base runners have been in this exact same spot and they avoid contact. So you got to do what you got to do. Um, I, it was a bang bang play. It all happened very quickly. But there are scenarios where the base runner can't avoid that that nasty collision. So you have to sometimes anticipate that and see it coming. All right, you have some ad reads, right? And then we're bringing Boogie in. We got to get some ad reads. Anthony's going to help Mike up. Boogie, bring him on the set. And as always, Boogie is our favorite undisputed MVP of the defensive side of the ball in the USFL. Hell, if Boogie played offense, I bet you he'd have 10 rushing touchdowns by now anyway. <laughs> and this weekend, this Saturday, the UCSS crew is heading down to Canton to check out Boogie and the Pittsburgh Maulers take on their opponent this weekend. The game's at 12. I think we're bringing about 15 of the squad down there. Uh, it'll be a giant UCSS contingent. Come say what's up to us if you see us down there. You can get your own tickets to the Pittsburgh Maulers versus whoever they're playing this weekend. Because, honestly, it doesn't matter who they're playing. We're all going to see Boogie dominate. Boogie, I'm calling my shot now. Three sacks, four tackles for loss with the crowd in wow. attendance. I'm wow. Call, listen, just, just put the I got, pressure on. I got big hype for Boogie. Boogie's Dang. delivered. Every time we've asked him you to deliver. You had another TFL yesterday, Boogie has you? delivered. So, I'm expecting big things. I'm bringing the camera down. We're going to shoot a little interview, get some footage behind the scenes, I'm hoping. So we'll be at Canton Tom Benson Stadium for the game this weekend, and you guys can too if you go to usfl.com, $10 tickets. Last thing to remind you guys, though, if you're not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the question is, what are you waiting for? You can be a Starters Tier member. Buck 99 a month that gets you custom emojis and members-only community posts and loyalty badges. Coaches Tier, the Big Baller Tier, less than 5 bucks a month. It's less than 60 bucks for the entire year. It gets you all those same Starter Tier perks. Overtime videos, member shout-outs, discount codes for merch. You get to be texted during select basketball games and football games by members of the UCSS squad and much, much more. And if you can't be a member, just smash that like button. Help us out. 
every little like counts, and we appreciate everyone out there in the world watching and spending some time with us each and every we morning. Really you do. guys are the real MVPs. Yeah, we really do. So we appreciate you. And with that, Re- really what quickly, up, Boogie? Really quickly, Boogie, I'm, I'm, I, I got I to ask this question. I saw this pop up. Uh, I don't know if it's breaking news, but you talked about it a little bit, uh, probably, I want to say about a month ago. Um, here's a report from NBC Sports that says uh, ESPN is moving on from a lot of potential um you know, other talent and big names, uh, Susie Colbert and Steve Young on being potentially out uh, with, the first one? with uh, Susie Colbert. Oh, wow. And Laura Rutledge. So okay. they are they're, they're moving people off the list and bringing people back on the list. Um, but yeah, they, they're announcing some uh, some layoffs. They said it's going to come slowly, slower than it happened in, during the previous iterations. But yeah, they're going to, yeah. I, I guess. Um, to some of the folks I've talked to that are still there say that, you know, before it was always, it always happened on one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately for everybody there, it's going to be waves this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're doing it that way. There's got to be some tax advantage to doing it that way. I just, I'm not clear what it is, but um, it's a real rough time for folks there yeah, right now. Yeah. They, there's um, it, uh, the guys that I've talked to uh, and gals are telling me that morale's at an all time low. Um, it's the competition has gotten so great now, you know, with the contracts uh, for the leagues that every everything you own you overpay for, mm-hmm. and because ESPN owns so much, they're in business with so many leagues. Most of them they're overpaying for. Like their deal with the NFL is absurd. They can't monetize that. They have, they're they're likely losing money on that. The NBA deal is <laughs> a, a absolute killer, and so you know. Is, do you do you foresee like a migration from the the national to more local content, or is this just no. the, what the industry is now? Like, I think I think long term, what we're going to see is the only thing in my view that's really financially viable are the game telecasts. But because they cost so much, they used to be able to prop up an entire network. Mm-hmm. Um, because those those deals were beneficial financially to ESPN, but they're not anymore. They're overpaying for their content. And because they're overpaying for it, they have to make up for it in other areas. Now, they grew to this massive company, and as a result, they had thousands of employees that were making millions of dollars. Right. You know, And uh, they thought that their revenue stream was going to be unaffected forever because it was dual stream. You had the cable subscriber and the ad sales. Well, the cable subscribers have hemorrhaged. They've hemorrhaged households because of cord cutting. And I think a lot of folks are realizing, I need to see games. I don't need to watch studio shows to have someone tell me what's going to happen. Right. And right. so it's, it's an emerging right. um, story. It's definitely a changing medium. Um, I've done a couple interviews just in the last week, one with um, Michael McCarthy, who's a big media writer. He wanted to know... He wrote a piece, a long piece, a very good piece, about navigating the waters of a layoff after ESPN. So he looked out and found a couple of guys that did well and landed on their feet. He reached out to me. We had a long conversation about it. He kind of wrote the blueprint for what some of these folks that are going to be on the wrong side of this will need to do moving forward to keep their careers going. Uh, But it's definitely a changing um, medium. It's a difficult time. And uh, the studio shows are really mm-hmm. getting hit hard because the, the viewership just isn't what it used to be. It's just, it's just not there. 
Uh, and I'm sure that story, by the way, is one we're going to hear more and more um, information on that story, not just today, but the weeks. I think it's going to happen through most of June and some said even into July. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. So I got a bone to pick with the whole staff. We've known Boogie how long? A couple months. Yeah. We love you, by the way. Like Funny, smart, talented. You can act. You play football. You got it all. You really do. You got it all. I've known these guys for well over a year now. I can't go Saturday, sadly, because I have a game. Now, I have had a game every Saturday from early April through September and into October in some instances. Right. I know where this is headed. And let me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to count for you. I'm going to count for you the number of my coworkers that have come to any of my games. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> hey, I'm coming with the camera. Do not worry. I'm coming with the camera. He said nine, the same thing nine, one year ago. We had a broken camera. Now, Saturday, I pitched a complete game. We, we're in first place. We beat the team that's tied for first place. We run-ruled them 14-4. to four. Uh, I probably threw well over 110 pitches. <laughs> Two for four at the dish. What? Single, triple, couple of runs knocked in. Wow! Complete. How many of my teammates were there to watch it? <laughs> that many. It, your game's on Saturday? It's every Saturday. Hey, he don't even what? know what day it's on. You see what? I, you, I, <laughs> he don't even know what day it's on. <laughs> me, and me, me and Earl got a built-in excuse. We, 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 I've been doing a radio show every day for Bar- 12 Bar- years. Listen, Barbara well, on Saturday. Game Saturday. Are you going to see Boogie? No, that's no. not. We got a game. We, oh, we you can't play? We got to be at the Barbara show. You know what? I see you remote from the game. Listen, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the suits at uh, 92 we will love that bill. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to make Jay feel this. We start at 12:30. Y'all can pull up. As soon as barbershop. As soon as that last haircut is done, with this lineup done, pull up. As soon as the last. As soon as the last lineup does, yeah. drop the mic. Hey, don't even get a dude the mirror. You know they get the get yeah. a person the mirror. How you look? Don't even give it to him. Just leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, you're you, out. Want, you want alcohol or you want what's the name? You yeah. want the powder? No, nah, neither. Just in fairness, though, you are playing for money. I'm playing for love of the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm 57. You're what? 27. 27. Okay. So I got 30 on you. So yeah. Now you're killing it. Another tackle for a lot. tough loss yesterday. Yeah, yeah one twenty to nineteen to the Gamblers. Yep, uh, we needed that one too. Uh, yeah, you the, did. God has been blessing us though. We're still controlling our own destiny somehow, some wow. way. You know, we win these next two games. We're in the playoffs. We played a team that's ahead of us, the Michigan Panthers, this week. You know, we've beat them before. It's hard to beat a team twice, as we all know, but. We're just going to have to get it going. You well, know you're what? going to have a huge cheering yeah. section there for you. Let me see this play. Let me see this no, play. No, I, I got a question for Boogie. Let me why, see this play. Why, why y'all watching this play? So you play Madden. You know the celebrations on the yeah. analog. What celebration was that? Was that the signature? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. First and foremost, shout out to you. Let's go ahead and diagram that play. You see the center. They tried to move him up on the zone play, move him up to the next level. The center gave him that third eye, but Boogie understands you should never let a What's backside that? guard okay. reach you, Boogie, and it's impossible. Ever. That's a disrespect. A center give me a, a hand a and hand? get to a backer, and as fast as my get-off is, that's a disrespect. Disrespect. I'm, you're not going to double-team me. You're going to give me a one-on-one with a dude I already got out leverage? It's cake. It's, 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 it's <laughs> easy money. That's okay. Right, my, right, right yeah, there, he was rap. dead. It's he was rap, dead. Yeah. Come on now. Y'all, y'all got to at least keep you gonna have to double team him to this next level, not giving me a little third eye. That ain't gonna get it done today. Yeah. Look at that. Bow. Are you still among league leaders in TFL? Yes, yeah, so I'm second in the league from a nose guard position. A linebacker has 11. I have eight. So second in the league in TFLs from a zero tech is so crazy. So what? 
I mean, certainly there's going to be interest from it NFL has to, teams. It has to be. You know, um, I'm just staying prayed up. Hopefully I stay healthy and keep putting great film out there. And um, How do you feel? Amazing. We lead the league in rushing. So I know, I mean, we lead the league in rush defense. We have the number one defense and in the, the league. So just hopefully, so all you need is one, one team to um, fall in love with you. You know, back to your, the celebration. We were playing the Houston Gamblers. So I got the TFL, wow. you know. We finna shoot some dice, man. So okay. I got down ah. with me. We shot some dice, and then my teammate, I shot the dice, and he kicked it. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. Nice. So, Very yeah. nice. Hit him with the snap. Hit him with the snap. Oh, I need all that. Good job. Second man. part of that. Uh-huh. Jim Schwartz, Andrew Barry, they ain't called you yet, man. Man, uh, they need to have me on speed dial. Listen. But, you know, uh, the price only going to go up. So we just going to stay That's where right. my feet is. You know, I'm present right now in the USFL. You know, I want to get to these playoffs. I love my teammates. It means so much to me. I told the guys, like, we got to win. Cause I don't want to leave you guys. You get what I'm saying? You go back home and you wake up and have nothing to do, that's and it's crazy. a reality check. And that's when you really realize how much you love this game and how much it means to you. And I just don't want it to end. So we control our own destiny. Two games to go. Uh, we got to beat the Michigan Panthers, then the New Jersey Generals, and we're in the we're in the playoffs. And then it's uh, a one game race. Yeah. Who knows from there? Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck. It's nice that you still have a shot with two games to go in the season. And uh, I hope the guys have a good little field trip down there. Fifteen guys. Fifteen. Coming. Oh man, he's taking all the tickets. I'm texting. He like, how much pool do you got? I said, what you need, man? <laughs> I need sixteen tickets. Well, well, somebody, I got sixteen tickets for you. you. Get, I feel bad asking for yeah, that many. When you get that text, you, <laughs> everybody that got that text before, how much pool you got? Yeah. yeah. Can you get it done? Oh. I know he's seen when he texts me. You know the little dot 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 on the iPhone when I'm typing something back. He <laughs> waiting. To, like, he waiting to see. Book, how much pool you got? Yeah. I got sixteen <laughs> tickets for you, man. Look I took that. And then he's like, I got the pregame pass already. So he was working. Ever seen that bubble come up? Did it go away? They go away trying yeah. to figure out, like, yeah. they changing yeah, their whole They just abandoned the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> they thinking about what they finna type? Like, man, you know what? Let me think about this again. Well, now that you're in, let's do a little football. By the way, top of the hour, um, we're having Tom Darden on. Yeah, the just talk to Tom. We're having Browns a little bit of back. a system glitch. He, okay. uh, let's say he, technology and Tom. We're working on it. Put it That's that okay. Way. So we're, we're working on it. But yeah. I'm in touch. Tom just called me. We're, we're trying to troubleshoot that. Tom but he should be here in 10 minutes. The all-time leader in, in interceptions for the Browns. Mm. Uh, he played on the Browns when I was a kid. They were the Cardiac Kids. Mm. He was from Sandusky, which is my hometown. Um, so he was always my favorite player uh, when I was growing up. And I, I interviewed him for the Browns' uh, long-running series of long-form interviews. We did two seasons worth. I think there's about... 35 of them that are online. I can't now. I can't think of the damn name of the series. Uh, Club 46. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm laughing at McNuggets. What'd you do? We got 10 minutes to get D Hop before Tom comes out. We got to get to D Hop. All right. Sometimes no, James tell him, go for tell right. him, No, no, no. Tell him what you said, though. He just gave us the PG yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a bleep about this story. Don't let, <laughs> don't let Joe. Thanks, don't let are you going to retell it when Tom comes No, on? I'm teasing him. I, we haven't even mentioned I'm going to say he's a great interview. Yeah. Hey, that's why we got to get him on, but we got to right. get D-Hop in before, Jay. I love you. But D-Hop has not but made a decision. But he doesn't give a damn about my story. Yeah. He was like, um, I got in trouble about saying cursor, so I'm all PG-13. You did? The lead said, came down on you? No, no, no. I said the F word. Oh, that's right. He said the one word you can't yeah, say. That's I, got, the one. I got bleep twice. Bleep, bleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got to watch that one. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins without a team. And there's a lot of teams that I think you can cross off the list now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the Browns are one of a few that are on that list. Mm-hmm. What the hell's that mean? I yeah. think they just yeah. put, I mean, I just think, uh, I think it's close to getting done. It's funny. Uh, I sent uh, Mike and, and Anna a text. Ari Marivov? Uh, Marivov? Am I saying that right? <coughs> Ari. Ari Marivov? 
The Browns have released veteran offensive tackle Joe Haig, clearing two more million dollars in cap space. That was reported uh, this morning. That's at 9.55 a.m. So, mm. I think, think the, the, the reason he's still out there is because his asking price is too high? I know for a fact it's too high. I didn't, listen, somebody reached out to me, somebody who's very prominent, said, look, uh, right now it's looking kind of bad because his asking price is uh, he, he won his money. And uh, he's willing to get. He's his, gonna get a big chunk of it from from the Cardinals. He's gonna get. That's the thing. He's trying to figure. See, he, he, this person told me he had to. He feels he's at the end of his career, and he this is. is his last time to get another bag of money. Probably right. So I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. So, but but they're the teams that's looking at it. Bills just signed somebody. Didn't the Bills just sign somebody? They signed Leonard Floyd. This Leonard Floyd, excuse me. This uh, morning. So so you know the OBJ thing happened in Baltimore. That's up out of here. Uh, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't have much cap space, right? And so now the Cleveland Browns are sitting there with the cap space, with a potential need, with familiarity, and willingness to to go all in in a couple of... Is it a need, Boogie? Abs- Still? Absolutely. You know, good things take time, boy. You know, my mom always say, put that pot roast in a, and let it cook. Let yeah, it slow simmer. roast. Let it simmer. Let it slow roast for a little bit. So give it time. All right, a barbecue, you know, you put the ribs... 24 hours, you let it marinate. So that's all. That's all they're doing right now. Just marinating the meat right. right now, and then I feel like the the, the bomb gonna drop and they are gonna sign them. You know, it's everything's lining up perfectly. Him with Deshaun, they need another receiver. It'll take the load off of Amari Cooper and get more production from him, having a one A and one B. So I think this is the perfect match made in heaven. They're just trying to figure out the numbers. And also, as an athlete, we don't like training camp. If I'm D Hop and I know I got something that works with the Browns. I'm going to drag this thing out as long as possible because I do not want to have to do mm. another training camp. That's you're disgusting. Already, but, but, training camps is yeah. terrible. But that's what you see a lot of guys yeah. that, that know they have contracts. Especially the, that, veterans. Yeah, yeah. especially the veterans. They report super late. One week left in training camp. They don't have to do preseason because they just don't want to do it. So I think that could also be in the cards as well. They might have a deal, but he just doesn't want to report yet. Now, Earl, don't you say DPJ's name. You know they ain't already scolded you. Listen, <laughs> over the weekend, right, I put out a series of tweets, right? <laughs> they got it. And the first one was the question that you just posed to us. Yeah. Do you think the Browns, quote, unquote, need DeAndre Hopkins? My second tweet, I went on to list the wide receivers in the Browns wide receiver room. Yeah. I said DPJ have reached his ceiling. Okay. They say he was a bad wide receiver. I didn't say he wasn't good. I think his ceiling as a six-round draft pick is somewhere between six and eight hundred yards a year, three or four touchdowns. That's serviceable, right? Absolutely. So me saying that, people took that as like I was crazy. Came for him. Like I lost my mind. And I, I, I don't. Showed up. I don't. I don't. I don't see it that way. I do you think can't we need speak him. Ill of any member of the Cleveland Browns. I, do think, tell I you will why. cut your hands off. We do need him. When you look at Amari Cooper and you look at the rest of the wide receiver court collectively, it's a court that has a lot of potential. But outside of Amari Cooper. That's all it is, is potential. I know what I'm going to get from Amari Cooper. He's a sure thing. I think and I believe that Elijah Moore is good. Yep. I think his best days are ahead of him. I think the DPJ we saw last year is as good as it's going to get. Somewhere between six and 800 yards, three to four touchdowns. Anthony Schwartz, no comment. David Bell, no comment. Marquise Goodwin, serviceable veteran. Jaquim Grant, I don't think he's going to make the team. Cedric Tillman, he's a rookie. If something happened to Amari Cooper, all of a sudden we're looking at this room totally different. Absolutely. Then we have to uh, factor in the relationships, right? I remember talking to Cecil Shorts when I was hosting on a fan. And when the Browns signed tight end Jordan Atkins, he said to me, he said, you know, this is a guy that uh, Deshaun Watson has a very strong relationship with. 
on and off the football field. It's somebody that he trusts on the football field. Right. We heard Mary Kay Cabot tell us Deshaun Watson had a lot to do with the construction of the quarterback room. We know him and D Hop has a relationship. I think for D Hop, and I'm I don't know him, <laughs> yeah. but I think those things matter. The relationships matter. I th- of course he wants his money, and I think Andrew Barry is gonna do whatever he can to get it to him. But I think this is a match made in heaven. I think the Browns was always a serious contender and the national media tried to put us in the back like we wasn't for real, but we I think we were right there in the front running from the beginning with. Because yeah, since when is the more the merrier a bad thing? Exactly. Since when is competition and upgrading your receiver room a bad thing? Oh, in this city, it, oh, in this city is no, a bad but, thing. But I, but I don't understand that it, two and two go together. You know, you want the <laughs> best results from Deshaun Watson. You want to get your money's worth because you gave him the bag. You backed up the Brinks truck for Deshaun Watson. And if you can get a guy that can can help him that he knows and has some familiar, blah, 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 that he knows, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why you, you wouldn't do that and why. What about if, the PED issues? Issues with an S or was that a one-time thing? Well, it's an issue. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But he served his suspension for it, right? Because he did, but but I bring it up because it's it's pretty commonplace to look at 30 as the point where a receiver is no longer getting better. He's okay. not his his production isn't likely to go up. Not to say it can't, because uh-huh. there are freaks of nature that have done that. But typically, he I think he's 31 this. This month, he's 30. He'll be 31 before he plays in the NFL again. That's looked at as, well, your better days are behind you. So that would be an issue as well. And I'm wondering, the other teams that that we think have moved on, the Chiefs, when the Chiefs do something, I usually look at it and say they know something because they usually do. Look at their draft picks, and they've got fifth and sixth and seventh round draft picks starting in the Super Bowl. They, they, They figure things out. That, that they've moved on gives me pause because they could really use a top-notch wide receiver. I, I think they I think they moved on because they got the ultimate cheat code. Like when 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 yeah, Pat, but doesn't that make him better? It's like when Tom Brady got Randy Moss, they broke the NFL record yeah. books. But they didn't win that year. But not saying that they were weren't undefeated. Like when you got Patrick Mahomes and you see what he won a Super Bowl with 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 um, Juju Smith Schuster, like in. Like it, you feel like okay, well we can win with anybody. It got to just make sense for us. Like it really got to make sense, sense, sense for us to do it. I think when you look at it, I will give you this. I'm not counting on DeAndre Hopkins to have 12, 1300 yards. Like I said, I believe them days is gone, long gone. Like, but what I can count on is this: all I need is ten plays. But as as a one B getting guarded by the second or third best corner on the team, you, you don't think he can get you? You, I want DeAndre Hopkins for third and seven in Cincinnati in the playoffs. I want DeAndre Hopkins for third and five on the goal line against the Bills in the playoffs to get the AFC championship. Uh, You bring bring in those guys for that type because I'd rather have Amari Cooper and DeAndre Hopkins over Donovan Peoples-Jones and say David Bell on your – I, I could get that I, off. I'll say this. We just, you just talked about the PEDs, right? Yeah. Okay, he gets suspended. He comes back off that suspension. When he played 9 to 10 games, he had 717 yards played and well. three touchdowns. Yeah. If he would have played the whole year, he would have had a 1,000-yard season at 30 years old. I think Easily. what scares so, me is the fact but, that there had to be a bridge he crossed before he went down the road of PEDs. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that bridge is because sometimes you're the first to know. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he, if, if he went to this bridge – down this road. I'm not as quick as I used to be. 
I'm not the guy I used to be. I need stuff that I never needed before, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to be good. Look who the quarterback is, though. We have Deshaun Watson, who has a lot of controversy when you yeah. gave, gave him that bag. You sure. know what I'm saying? So I don't want it to just say PED and um, DeAndre Hopkins, and that cuts him out because you signed Deshaun Watson with all his baggage that he had. Right. Or traded for him or however they got him. So I don't think it's the PED issue. I really just think that um, it's the numbers thing that's going to, if it's not Cleveland, it'll be because the numbers don't make sense. And I don't believe it'll be the PED because he did the crime and he served his time already. I don't want us to be in the business of thinking that he's going to repeat that and things like that. Right, but it's, you, have to, you have to give it some thought. But you here's do, the other you do, thing absolutely. That I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see Cleveland be the last team standing and the team to overpay twice. So, for instance, with Deshaun Watson, the price tag got to a point when, when Baker told Cleveland kick rocks yeah. and there were no options, he made Deshaun Watson the highest paid player in the NFL that day. Because at that point, Jimmy had to write a check. Yeah. He had no other option. So, we, we overpaid. Now, whether or not he delivers, no matter what, we, we gave a contract that had never been given before in the history of the NFL. That's reserved for somebody who's already the best player in the league. He's never been that. So I, what I don't want to see the Browns become is, hey, agent saying this, hey, man, everybody's off the list, but we still got the Browns on the hook. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to be that team because you'll never win if you're that team. I don't – if the Browns miss out on D-Hop, cool. I guess, like, to me, the most frustrating thing is so many people acting like, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the next thing to Jesus Christ. Like, if he was that good, if he had lived up to whatever the hype and potential was coming out of high school, he wouldn't have been drafted in the sixth round. Right. And I hate when people try to make it seem like, okay, because you got to defend your point. So yeah. now it sounds like I'm beating up on Donovan Peoples-Jones. But the excuses they make is, well, horrible quarterback play or a rotating uh, list of quarterbacks that he's played for. We never made that excuse for Josh Gordon. Right? No. Garrett Wilson just won off, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year with horrible quarterback oh, play. DeAndre terrible. Hopkins, before he got Deshaun Watson, had a quarterback carousel. If you're that dude, you're that dude, no you're matter getting, who's throwing you're getting you the ball. catches. Yeah. And it's an upgrade. I don't think there's any question about that. And it's not a knock on DPJ. You're talking about a guy who three years ago was the best receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. The question is, what's left? And we'll see who's left on the list to sign him. Um, we got to read, and then Tom Darden's on the line. 